When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Guests on the horn appear courtesy of the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. Vaqueros now delivers and offers curbside pickup. For info on placing your lunch or dinner order, visit vaqueroscafe.com. Hook them up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the horn. Hour two of our five-hour Wednesday morning conversation here on Hook'em Up with Ian Rod B. Longhorns are going to hook him up on uh, Friday night with Texas Tech. We'll have more on that coming up. Rod has his uh, first rant of two this morning. Also, as we told you last hour, bottom of the hour, our friend Jerry Hamilton will join us. Had a great conversation with Jerry last night on our Inside Texas on Texas Football Tuesday night live stream. Uh, we'll address some of those topics with you here this morning. The Longhorn basketball, two games in New York. What can we glean from Rodney Terry's squad, good and bad? Uh, optimism, but what also is concerning with uh, the, the Longhorns at four and one. Also, uh, some recruiting, recruiting run. It is uh, flip season, oh, yeah. and the Longhorns with their run here to the Big Twelve title game potentially also got uh, you know teams around the area that are changing coaches like Texas A and M. Some might like Baylor, uh, which could impact some commitments that the Longhorns are after. Uh, there are some guys the Longhorns would like to add to their recruiting class for 2024 that. Uh, you know, they're going to not give up on yeah. <laughs> you know, because there's coaching change happening. That's paid off for them. I think they got Kelvin Banks like that. Kelvin Banks. That had been an Oregon commitment. Jaday Barron was one of those uh, late flippers because of the uh, Matt Rule. I think he ha- had him on board at first. And then so I, I think you can, yeah, I mean, that's a perfect time to, to take advantage yeah. of the uh, the turmoil of another program. Well, and I think the success they've had doing that shows you that they eva- they don't evaluate star ratings, and which you shouldn't, but some coaching staffs do. You know, we, we'll just replace one four-star with another four-star. No, no, we, we evaluated this player. Yep. We don't care what the stars say. We want him. Uh, that's the guy we want. And he's currently chosen somebody else, but that place may be making a coaching change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which impacts that young man's decision. So uh, stay on your guys. Uh, as Jerry will tell you, recruit to the whistle. Yep. Don't, don't, <laughs> no, give up on the recruitment. Uh, I mean, that's really paid off for Texas. If so. it's a guy you've evaluated that you think fits your program. Yep. Uh, and fits what you do. So good stuff right there. So Jerry, bottom of the hour. Uh, we'll hit some bullish or BS before the end of the hour. We're ranking Tom Hanks movies because Rod likes to. I didn't know this about you. You know, we're doing the show together for the first time through the holidays. I didn't know you binge watch Tom Hanks movies. Love me some T. Hanks. So T. Hanks giving is what I celebrate. T. Hanks giving. Yeah, I've been doing that for years. So before the football games and usually after the football games, throw on some uh, Tom Hanks movies. Feel good. He's a you know, he's an American icon. Tom I Hanks think if is. I was going to go from so each decade, right? We got decades of Tom Hanks films. Oh films. man, you can go. Oh. His first movie was something Splash called. Splash uh, is probably also one of the earlier hits for him. His first movie was He Knows You're Alone, but way uh, back in 1980, no one's ever heard of that. No. But Splash was his first big Splash. Splash was the first big one for him. Then Bachelor yeah. Party. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think yeah. from the 80s, I would got take Money Pit in there. I mean, for the holiday season, I would probably take Big from 1988. Big and Turner and Hooch are good feel-goods. Turner and Hooch. Early on, Tom Hanks films. 90s, Uh, am I doing Forrest Gump or Toy Story? Forrest Gump is 
too. It there's there's so much in Forrest Gump that I think it's better than Toy Story is pretty uh, specific in this demo that it's trying to you know engage. Man, Forrest Gump is for everybody. Kids found something in Forrest Gump. Adults, everybody. I agree with that. It's a great conversation starter because of all the historical events and stuff. Ah, oh, Forrest Gump's got something for everybody. The music, like you said, you can jam out on Forrest Gump a little bit. Ah, oh, Forrest Gump. Two thousands is tough because you can go Cast Away. Oh, Cast Away's good. Sentimental. Road to Perdition, as you mentioned. Catch Me If You Can. Cash. Oh, him and Leo. Leo DiCaprio. How can I about him and Leo. That's. Technically, you know, holiday-ish there because there's some Christmas scenes Oh, it's in a there. Polar Express for yeah. sure. Yeah, that's it's, kind of a Christmas. Christmas scenes, but catch me if you can. Yeah, so. that's why I said, I mean, you know, you mm-hmm. got Santa Claus and Scrooge is in that. Uh, also, Cars is always good, but he's barely in Cars, so that doesn't count. Yeah. But how about uh, from the from the 2000s, Rod, uh, in addition to Polar Express and uh, Castaway, you could go with any, you know, two of the Toy Stories if you didn't get the Toy Story in that decade. That's always good to do. And, uh, you know, they just keep on coming. I do love Catch Me If You Can. And then in the, the, this past decade. It's a great one. Yeah. Sully. Ooh, Sully would be good. It, Sully would be good. Bridge yeah. of Spies, which is pretty good, where he's trying to chase he's down. More, he's gotten more serious uh, in his roles recently. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Okay, so there you go. T, T Thanksgiving. I like it. Can we get some headlines, which are plenty, including the Longhorns, still yes, at number seven in the CFP? Let's hit it. Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment bring you the top stories on this Wednesday. Uh, fourth edition of the college football playoff rankings out last night. No change for Texas, but a change in the top five. Uh, Longhorn still once again ranked seventh by the CFP committee. One spot behind Oregon ahead of Alabama at eight. Georgia Bulldogs remain solid at one, but Ohio State and Michigan two and three. They're going to show down on Saturday in that massive game in Ann Arbor. Unbeaten Washington, though, has moved into the four spot. They replace 11-0 Florida State, who slips to five, following the injury to their starting quarterback, Jordan Travis. Other Big 12 teams in the CFP include Oklahoma at 13, K-State at 19, Oklahoma State is 20. Elsewhere, more accolades for Texas players yesterday were that Longhorns defensive lineman Tavondre Sweat having a great season. Um, the senior puntfield announced as one of the finals for the Chuck Bednarik Award. Now that honors the nation's top defensive player, rightfully. How about uh, also for, for T. Sweat, he's been announced as one of ten finalists for the Walter Camp Award. Camp is the nation's fourth oldest individual college football award, presented annually to the college football's player of the year uh, on either side of the ball. Also yesterday, Texas running back Jonathan Brooks uh, suffered that tough injury week 10 at TCU, but still announced one of the ten semifinals for the Doak Walker Award. Having a great season before that injury. Two other Big 12 running backs made that final 10 as well for the Doak. Ollie Gordon from Oklahoma State, who leads the conference in rushing, and a local product who the Longhorns will face on Friday night. That's Texas Tech's Taj Brooks, senior from Maynard, has rushed for over 1,300 yards and nine touchdowns for the Red Raiders this season. Certainly has caught the attention of head coach Steve Sarkeesian. The first guy has a hard time getting him down, and it's not always because of the elusiveness. It's his ability to absorb blows and stay on his feet and then continue to, to break tackles, get hard yards. Uh, they're a physical running football team. Certainly are. That game kicks 6.30 on Saturday night. It's uh, Or Friday night, I should say. It's senior night. Horns, our game day pregame, goes live 4 o'clock from Mockingbird Saloon down on Guadalupe. Big night of college hoops last night. How about fourth-ranked Marquette? Shaka Smarts, Golden Eagles absolutely routed the top-ranked Kansas Jayhawks 73-59 in the Maui Invitation semifinal. That's Shaka's, Coach Smarts' first win ever over a head-to-head in a top-ranked AP team. 
in the AP Top 25. Marquette will now face number two, Purdue, for the tournament championship today after the Boilermakers took down Tennessee last night. And as we said, Week 12 in the NFL kicks off tomorrow with a Turkey Day triple header. 8-2 Detroit Lions hosting Green Bay uh, at 3-30. The 7-3 Cowboys hosting Washington and a big win in the NFC East. And uh, San Francisco's at Seattle, the late game, 7-3 against 6-4. That one at 7-20. Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Double up discounts this month by getting 5% off any rental or purchase of steel outdoor power equipment by donating two non-perishable food items for the Capital Area Food Bank. Topgun.net, we'll shoot you straight. I know Longhorn fans are frustrated with the college football playoff rankings uh, considering they're still behind Oregon at at seven. Um, but it's pretty clear that, that there are multiple spots, actually three of them, well, two of them locked up, uh, that the SEC, not the SEC, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 are going to get in. The SEC, you could have some chaos if Bama beats Georgia. That could end up being chaotic, and that could help Texas. Um, but the truth is Texas just needs Florida State to take an L here. That would simplify everything because then I think Texas automatically, if they take care of business, will be catapulted into the college football playoff no matter what happens. Um, but right now there's a path but a narrow path for Texas um, because Oregon is only going to improve their resume with the rest of their schedule, Oregon State and Washington. Texas, they got some data points that will boost them, but not even close to what Oregon's got, and Oregon's already ahead of them. And the committee, I'm not saying Texas shouldn't be ahead of Oregon. I know that. I looked at the strength of schedule, and I looked at the quality wins, but I'm just saying right now the committee's making a statement about Oregon, whatever it is, style points, analytics, stats, whatever it may be, but they've made that statement because it's clear they, Texas has not, leapfrog them and there's a reason for it even though the resume would justify it yeah because uh, we got a lot of text and make it make sense guys well look yeah uh this is what i always say we get to this time of year in the college football playoff the puzzles being laid out uh, and as i said earlier i just don't think it matters i mean i yeah, i agree with those who point out obviously that texas has a better resume but as i said earlier if texas were six and oregon were seven and oregon wins their next two games they're going to jump texas and they're going to jump into the top four that's fair uh, so who cares you know, you, you're, you are where you are, but it does, it's, it's semantics at this point. Uh, you're sitting – you need other things to happen. Oregon is not your worry because if Oregon loses to Oregon State or to Washington, they're going to drop, and you don't worry about Oregon. You're right. Because the only thing you're worried – that's why I say it's a puzzle. The only thing that matters is when the puzzle's done, right, when the puzzle's completed. You still have pieces to play, a lot of them, and important pieces. So to, to worry about right now, that's just because you want to be able to brag that you're number six, not number seven, and have an argument – if Oregon win again, Oregon, if they beat Oregon State and Washington in the Pac-12 championship game, they're going past you anyhow. And now their resume is stronger than yours because you're playing Texas Tech and Oklahoma State. I agree with that. And they're going to be the Pac-12 champs, and they're going to be in the Final Four. But they very well could lose one of these games. And then you don't worry about them. Who cares? You know what I mean? It's like, okay, bye, Oregon. Uh, all all this, you know, the, the mental gymnastics you're doing and getting mad about it, just don't worry about it. It's going to play itself out. The one you worry about is Florida State. Because you don't have a way to get past them uh, unless they lose. Yes. That's the one I look at and say five now is your challenge. Because as you said, I mean, the, the three spots are going to be locked up. Seems like it. I mean, because one's playing eight. In the next ten days, one plays eight. That's Georgia and Alabama. Two plays three. That's Michigan and Ohio State. They that play Saturday. Winner's in. Winner's in. Because they're going to trounce Iowa in the Big Ten Championship game. Four plays six. That's Washington and Oregon. Winner moves forward. Yep. Yeah. And five plays ten. That's Florida State and Louisville in the ACC championship game. Uh, Texas sitting at number seven, and they're going to play Texas Tech and then likely number 20. 
So they really they're not going to have as you said data points strong enough to go up, but let the puzzle lay out. And you, what you really need to root for is Florida State to take a loss without with their backup quarterback now between Florida and their rivalry game this weekend or in the ACC championship game against a, a number 10 and 1-1 one, one loss Louisville team. If that yeah. happens, then there's a wide open no, that's spot. Why, that's why I said chaos is probably what you're rooting for now if you're in Texas at this point in the uh, college football playoff rankings. It, yes, it could hurt you, but if Bama beats Georgia, let's say if Oregon State upsets Oregon and then Oregon ends up beating Washington, I think all of that chaos when the chips fall. Oh, yeah. Texas will be able to brag about that best win in the country at Alabama. It'll look even better sure. if Alabama beats Georgia. If I'm not saying all those things happen. Just one of those things could happen. If they do, I, I think it helps Texas. That argument for Texas is going to become even stronger. Yeah. And I, it, the simplest path is a Florida State loss uh, because then if you yeah. – but again, let's all – as we play puzzle pieces – you got to win your games. You got to win your games. And yeah. if you do, I do think it's going to work out. And, and, you know, there's a scenario why, or if, because if Florida State wins out, there may not be a path at that point. Because if Georgia, Big Ten winner, Pac 12 winner, and, and ACC's Florida State undefeated, yeah. those are your four doesn't spots. Matter if it's a You're going to be sitting at five and going down. Backup quarterback or not, it doesn't matter. Yeah. If they're undefeated, they're in. Correct. So that's the one. And, and that's also, to me, the most likely to happen. Like, I mean, I mean a lot can happen, and, but in the other cases, it doesn't matter as much. Because look, I do think I do think to your point, if Alabama beats Georgia in the in the SEC championship game, Georgia will and Texas wins out. Texas will move ahead of Georgia, uh, and they're going to honor a conference champion. They're going to if, if Texas wins out and are the Big Twelve champs and are a one loss team just like Georgia, the separator would be conference champion versus non conference champion, and Alabama would get in. The and Big Ten champions. They beat Bama when you did. That's exactly yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, and they yeah. beat a team that beat you. Yeah, that's true. And so I think that plays itself out. Um, so Texas you, just needs to win out. and uh, you, you, so You're rooting for Alabama to beat Georgia, basically. That, sure, that I think that would be would something you. to root yeah. for. Uh, I don't know that it matters in the Big Ten. I think one of those teams will be in, and I don't know that it matters in the Pac-12, yeah. unless Oregon were to stub their toe this week in the Civil War. Which could uh, happen because Oregon State's Oregon a good State's team. Oregon State's a good team. Uh, and that game is being played simultaneously to the Texas game with Texas Tech Friday night. Where is that game? Outson Stadium in, in at, at Not Oregon. that it matters that much because, obviously, it's in Oregon, so I guess teams could travel. But it's at Oregon. Yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, all right, so those are your scenarios, and uh, you know, win your games. And uh, let's get to Rod's rant of the day. Jerry Hamilton, bottom of the hour. All things Texas recruiting. A little basketball there too. Bullish or BS coming, but let's get to the rant. Rod's rant of the day is brought to you by Apple Leasing, the easiest and safest way to get a new car. Any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and experience how easy it is. I'm as bad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite. And start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. Oh my God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, no, you've got it now. It's time for Rod's rant of the day. Hold on to your butts. Okay, so Longhorns with a big win uh, over Iowa State this past weekend. And one of the storylines playing Iowa State is about the famous Bo Davis rant, right? That Bo Davis energy that Texas played with. And that Bo Davis energy was summoned by Jared Hufford, the interior offensive lineman for the Iowa State Cyclones who talked trash the week of the game. And I don't know why he would talk trash when he's got to go up against Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy. I think they made him uh, regret (laughs) <laughs> those words, um, but also those guys, I'm sure, got a great pep talk, great motivational speech from Bo Davis. 
who we all know two years ago had that famous Bo Davis rant on the bus because some of the players, after getting embarrassed by Iowa State in Ames, um, they were on the bus cracking some jokes, laughing, having a good time, and Bo Davis took offense to that, that they should have been uh, a little bit more you know, humble considering what had just transpired. And that or, they, or they, furious. Or furious, whatever. The emotion should not have been uh, joy, glee. They should not have been laughing on the bus, basically, to Bo Davis's point. He was upset about that. A little bit more respect. Should have been a somber tone on that bus, and it wasn't. And then Bo Davis ran off famously, and now a lot of people credit him with that maybe one of the, the turning points of the culture, right? Turning, one of the turning points for Steve Sarkeesian's culture was the Bo Davis rant. So now that they have exercised that demon and we're, we're, we're past it, Shout out to my man, uh, Lifetime Longhorn, Alex Okafor. He does a great job. He's got a behind-the-face mask uh, uh, pod. He does multi-cast uh, that he does, simulcast that he does, which is really, really good. And he had Tavondre Sweat on with him. And they got to talking about the Bo Davis rant. And then we got to the heart, all right? We got to <laughs> the, the, the details of who may have instigated the Bo Davis rant. Who was laughing? All right, somebody was laughing on the bus, and then Bo Davis heard that laughing, and that's when he went off. Here is Alex Okafor with Tavon J. Sweat, and you might be surprised by who the culprit is. I remember the week before y'all had lost to Iowa State as well, and that's when Coach Bo had that infamous bus rant. This for this bus! Where were y'all at during the time when he said that? Like, what was y'all's I was on the bus. You was on the bus when that happened. (sighs) It's kind of hard for me to say this. I mean, it's years gone now, so. It's a couple seasons. It's gone now, so. Somebody, we we walk to the bus, you feel me? We chopping it up. Because, like I say, certain guys take it different, you know? Certain guys like, dang, we low, but, like, we know we just not all about football. Like, hey, don't get me wrong, like it sucked, but it got caught in the wrong moment. Cause we on the back of the bus, bro cracked the joke. <laughs> and I laughed, and my, I laughed hard though. <laughs> I laughed hard. I man, I, look, I know how you laugh, so I, I know how it came off. He ticked. Hey Ty, can you have the other one ready? Then like right after like all the video stuff, look, he go me. Like, yeah, bro, y'all stop all that laughing and playing and stuff, bro. <laughs> like, come on, dog. You feel me? There you go. So, Tavondre Sweat. Turns out Tavondre Sweat not only is having one of the best seasons we've ever had from a Texas defender, but he actually is responsible for turning the culture, starting to turn the culture at Texas. If the Bo Davis rant was the beginning of the culture turn at Texas, who instigated Tavondre Sweat laughing at a joke in the back of the bus. And I don't know who the hell was filming it. We still don't know who that was. Or, yeah, uh, recording it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But either way, Tavondre Sweat was willing to confess after all this time. Yeah, it was me. It was him. It was him laughing. Isn't that the crazy? irony of that is incredible because that is so good. because he was the exi- you know he he lit the fuse, which revealed who's in and who's out. And there's nobody in this program that's gotten better and more improved than him from that point to now. Oh, uh, exactly. 
Exactly. It's a great point. And it's, I thought it was a fantastic uh, little nugget there. So shout out to my man Alex Oak for doing a great job. So, speaking of nuggets, this is uh, unrelated to the uh, confession there by Tavondre Sweat, but he also is confessing other things on this um, this podcast with Alex Oak for. I thought it was really good. He admits, um, or at least he's asked about who he likes to uh, jam um, in the pregame, like who are the artists and what type of music uh, gets him hyped before the games. Might be a little surprised by the answer. From Tavondre Sweat. Rock? Country music. Oh, okay. Texas boy, huh? Straight country. <laughs> it Alice in the country music. R&B. A ride wave. Ride wave. You can't go wrong with Ride Can't go wrong with him because he give you both. Going back to country, three favorite artists in country music. See, I, I listen to a little bit. I'm not too familiar with country. I know the right. big names. I know the, the Morgan Wallens, the Luke Bryan, stuff like that. Who are your top three right now? My top three, I'd say, number one, Luke Combs. Luke Holmes, okay. For sure, for a I don't know much about Luke Holmes, but I know he covered that song, Fast Car, and that used to be my mama's favorite song right there. Two, I gotta give it to Morgan. A number three is kind of hard, because I can go with Brett Young, Chris Stapleton. Stapleton got a yeah, voice, so he got exactly. some soul on him. I would say that's my three. Hmm, there you go. Uh, behind the face, man, shots my man, Alex for And who knew? Tom Andre Sweat, big country music fan. Damn it, country music for the game. East Texas, baby. Makes sense, though. It does make sense. you grow up listening to. Uh, Yeah, so there you go. Uh, That little inside nugget about Alex Okafor's uh, podcast. That's an amazing find. Good job by Alex Okafor to get to the the, the Uh, bottom of that. That was. Great mystery about who laughed. Now we know who laughed. Now we got to figure out who had to – who videoed it, but hey, knowing who laughed, that's that's good enough. Yeah. It's about well, and the other part, I always, I mean, I remember saying it when it happened, like the, the bigger culprit is whoever recorded it and then got it out. Because stuff like yes. that happens on buses all the time, Rod. Yeah, but stuff that's. Stuff like that happens on sidelines all the time, locker rooms, heat of the moment stuff. It doesn't come out. It's family business. Yeah. Yeah. That's what was more shocking than, oh my gosh, not only did that happen, somebody recorded it and got it out, or somehow it leaked. Agreed. I mean, come on, man. Yeah. Uh, and they I, almost like they were trying to make Bo Davis look bad, but it's like no, man. They actually, had the opposite. Had the opposite effect. Turned Bo Davis into a legend. Logan Fell was like, "Yeah, you damn right. That's how I feel. I'd have cussed out too. I'd have cussed them out too." Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> but it, it, it teaches a lot of lessons there, right? I mean, uh, guys can learn from mistakes, and guys can uh, you, you know take that and take that because you know, because Bo Davis's essential message was. Who wants to be on this bus? You know, they were actually on a bus, but the you know the, the bus of where we're going mm-hmm. as a program, and who wants to get off of it? Yep. And you know, a lot of guys did. Uh, Tavondre didn't, and uh, that's what we talk about: the fact that uh, he's up for these awards, and Jonathan Brooks, and the improvement of Christian Jones at right tackle. I mean, these guys have stuck with this program, and it speaks to a couple things. That, you know, several things: the culture that Sark has talked about, that he's proud that they've created. It's organic, uh, you know, comfortable, you know, place you want to play. And then the development of this staff, you know, yeah. the development, the way they right. develop players. Totally agree. Uh, guys are getting better. Players are improving. That wasn't happening for 15 years in this program, 12 years. Uh, and, you know, guys were coming in. You know, Texas was seen as the place five stars go to turn into three stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now it's, as Stark said, after the Iowa State game, five-star players, five-star culture. But don't forget, Rod, Tavondre Sweat, Byron Murphy, Christian Jones, those are three-star players yes, who are now playing like five-star players. Yep, that's exactly right. That's when you, uh, as a program, uh, that's when you can start bragging about developing a pipeline and turning those guys, turning three-star guys into NFL players. That's development. Jaylen five Ford. stars, five stars. Honestly, are e, they're already NFL. They're supposed players. to go. Yeah, they're, they're considered to be guys who are projected to be guys who are going to play on Sundays and NFL players. That's not to. 
to, to develop those guys, that's the easy part. Developing a three-star into a player that's playing like a five-star, an all-conference, all-American player, into an NFL player, that truly is a statement about your development. Great Rod's rant right there. We'll come back when we do. Uh, we'll wax, uh, knock it around with our buddy Jerry Hamilton, the senior recruiting analyst at Inside, at Inside Texas on three sports. Also bullish or BS for the end of the hour, jam-packed on a Wednesday. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook them up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. For the top of the hour, we'll play around a bullish or BS, topics that we are very bullish on. And maybe not so much. We're calling BS. We're calling BS. Uh, we'll also uh, continue to talk Texas and Texas Tech, getting you ready for that big game on Friday night. Longhorn spot in the college football playoff rankings is not the best, but as I say, I think the puzzle has a lot a lot of pieces to be played, and the Longhorns are still in a, uh, what's the adjective we would put on it? Pretty good position. Not great. Uh, yeah. Not optimal, but I don't think it's terrible. I think there are chances if the Longhorns can win two more games that they can move forward because, as we said, it's pretty simple math. You know, one plays eight, two plays three, four plays six, you know, and I think the one that's critical for Texas is five plays ten. And that's Florida State against Louisville. That is Florida State. Yep, that's uh, a lot of things can happen when you're you've got these top ten matchups, and there are four spots. Yeah, which... and Florida State with a backup quarterback in there. I mean, that's they're they're the most likely, uh, just because uh, they're back. Their quarterback situation is the most likely to to be beaten or to have a lapse. And we also know this weekend, which was rivalry weekend, there's always weird upsets that there just are, that just happen. Yeah, chaos just, happens. Chaos, and it's like what <laughs> Florida beat Florida State, or as or, long as it don't happen to you. That's exactly well. That's right. Good. That's where you got to. It don't happen to you. You know, be where your feet are, as they say. Mm-hmm. You got to win your game here with Texas Tech, who are won three in a row coming into this game. With that in mind, let's go to the Vaquero, Vaqueros hotline. Uh, he is the senior recruiting analyst and one of our great friends from inside Texas and on three sports. Uh, he is our buddy Jerry Hamilton with a, a myriad of topics. Hello, Jerry. What's going on, guys? Hey, happy Thanksgiving. Up, Jerry? Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours, my friend. Hey, let's start there with Texas and Texas Tech. Same to you guys. Uh, what's your, yeah. yeah, for sure, buddy. What, what's your feel on this game Friday? I mean, it uh, feels like uh, Texas Tech has shifted their style to be more like Texas's. Uh, it doesn't bode well when, when a team is as, as physical and as talented as Texas. What's just your feel on uh, this game with Joey McGuire against Steve Sarkeesian? Yeah, my first thought is something's got to give, right? I mean, like you said, uh, Texas Tech's become a run-heavy team, not necessarily run-first, but run-heavy team. Uh, Taj Brooks is one of the best running backs in the country this year. He's been averaging 30 carries a game the last four games. Well, Texas hasn't given up 100 yards rushing in five straight games. So something's got to give in this game. And, uh, you know, for Tech – I give credit to Joey McGuire for saving the season. That could have gone off the rails, the quarterback injuries, um, and he shifted focus, I think, away from what they ideally want to do offensively to what they need to do to win football games. So you always give a coach credit for that. Um, well, here they come into Austin, and nobody's run the ball on Texas in Austin uh, or this season, really, including Kansas State. So that's the issue for Tech is, can, is their offensive line good enough to create enough push and create just enough area to work uh, for, te- for a Taj Brooks. And I don't know uh, if I believe they can do that or definitely not sustain that, even if they have some early success. Uh, the flip side for me is, look, uh, we-, we talked about some stats with Quinn Ewers um, <clears throat> earlier this week. 
eight touchdowns, zero interceptions in the second half. He's completed 74% of his passes in the second half this season. If he walks out, if Texas ends the game Friday and Quinn Ewers saw zero interceptions in the second half this season, I think that's really good news for Texas uh, because I think that means they'll have had a really good day. They're going to move the ball. Um, I think they're going to be able to move the ball through the air and on the ground enough against Texas Tech. Um, and I like, I like Texas by uh, 10, 12. Well, uh, Jerry, let me ask you with all, everything going on uh, at A&M and Aggieland right now and uh, them obviously trying to uh, close in on who's going to be the next head coach, uh, how is it affecting recruiting? Longhorn fans want to know how can uh, Texas take advantage potentially of this opportunity in uh, recruiting now that the Aggies are dealing with a little bit of uncertainty. Oh, that's a great question, Rod. Here's the thing. I was told yesterday that a and expected to announce their new head coach by next Wednesday at the latest, a week from now. Could be Tuesday. Oftentimes when a, when a program has their next head coach, it trickles out the weekend before. So will it make it to Wednesday? Probably not. Will it make it to Tuesday? Eh, I don't know. Uh, but the key there is the timing of everything. The portal opens Wednesday. Um, uh, uh, sorry, Wednesday, December 4th. Um, Texas A&M has their guy. I believe they have their guy, and they're going to announce it next Wednesday at the latest, probably Tuesday, unless the news leaks on Sunday, Monday. And so with that being the case, then that is a pretty good picture um, for, for Texas A&M in recruiting as far as holding on to their class, um, getting that coach in front of their key commitments, uh, and then trying to keep the, as many of their guys at Texas A&M as they possibly can. Um, I, I've, I've heard Evan Stewart's not going to be one of those. Um, I was told yesterday that that's, uh, uh, unless they were going to have to have a big turnaround for him to stick around. Um, I reported both those things on Inside Texas yesterday. But I think A&M announcing their coach next week um, is a good thing for A&M's recruiting uh, because you look at a kid like Ty Anthony Smith, who Texas is trying to flip. If this had, if this had carried on, if this search carries on for, let's say, an extra week, then that really puts you in a bind, a new coach in a bind. With this early signing period combined with the portal window, it places a lot of pressure on colleges. If you're going to make a change, um, and you want to have a thorough search, that doesn't mean you want to make a quick decision. But if you're going to have a change, you have to. You can't sit on this. You have with the December signing period and the portal window. You have to have a search done quickly, thoroughly, and get your guy and move on. You can't lose recruiting classes anymore, and you can't lose a third of your guys to the portal. Else, it just sets you back three, four, five years. Great stuff from Jerry Hamilton. And you mentioned the timeline, Tuesday, Wednesday. And, yeah, the portal opens December 4th, which is the Monday after Championship Saturday. But if yeah. I'm correct, when you fire your coach in season, the portal opens for that roster immediately, correct? That's why maybe Evan Stewart yeah. won't travel to LSU and he's already looking around. And that's where you want your coach in place now, your early next week, to kind of you know manage the current roster ahead of the actual portal opening the final week, the following week. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt, and it press and look, it places a premium uh, pressure on your uh, your collective groups and stuff. Because I mean, at, at this point, let's be real. This is where college football is at. Your collectives are essentially going to the guys saying, "Hey, hang on, don't jump in the portal. We got something coming a week from now." I mean, that's where we're at in college football now, guys. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Uh, so it, it's it's a it's a crazy crazy uh, uh, world in college football. But I think that's why you haven't seen. 
you know, any A&M guys look to jump in the portal officially. Really, they've had one wide receiver, Raymond Cottrell. But, you know, you haven't seen a lot of those big names that could possibly jump in, jump in, because they're being told, hey, hang out for another week. We got something coming, blah, 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 blah. So, that, I mean, that's where college football's at. I mean, it, it's crazy to talk about this stuff, Aaron and Rod, but uh, it, that's where we're at now. Yeah, no, you're right about that. It's uh, it is it feels a bit surreal uh, that Texas is there at this time. Um, let me ask you, uh, you know, something else, Jerry, about the recruiting since we're we're on it. Um, you know, defensive back has seemed to be. Uh, it, let me know if I'm off here. Has it seemed to be a focus and emphasis late down the stretch here in recruiting uh, with guys like Xavier uh, Phil Same and uh, Kobe Black, or am I just a DB who's seen the world through DB colored glasses? <laughs> I, no, I think I think both, uh, and I think that's why you're good at what you do, Rod. Um, yes, no, there's definitely a focus there, and, and I actually dropped the news on Inside Texas last night about 10:52 p.m. Xavier Phil Same was on campus at Texas with his dad yesterday. That's big news. Five-star safety committed to Florida. We kind we kind of been wondering when was Texas going to get him on campus. He remains scheduled to be at the Florida Florida State game Saturday. Um, we'll see. I mean, does he show back up in Austin again before December 20th? I'm betting yes is the answer to that, um, that he's still scheduled to be at Florida Saturday. Um, so it, it puts a, this is putting a lot of pressure on Florida. Uh, they've already had a couple of guys uh, bounce out of that class. Wardell Mack, the Texas being one, the Sear Johnson, the lineman, the Georgia being two. Those are defensive guys. All these guys are in text groups. Uh, I think Florida's going to lose another defensive commitment. Uh, not, and I'm not talking about Phil same, another defensive commitment here in, in the coming days, next couple of weeks. So that class on defense has taken on some water. Um, so the Texas getting Phil same and his father on campus yesterday was big. I think Texas leads for Kobe black, uh, pretty big. They have for a long time. He announces November 29th, but to your point, Rod, absolutely. I mean, Texas has three really good defensive backs in this class right now. Jordan Johnson, rebel, who's an underappreciated safety out of IMG, originally from Fort Worth Brewer. He is an early enrollee. Uh, Wardell Mack flipped from Florida to Texas. He's an early enrollee. Santana Wilson, obviously the bloodlines. His father was a tremendous safety in the NFL, now a uh, front office guy in the NFL. Santana Wilson out of uh, uh, Desert Mountain in uh, Scottsdale, Phoenix area. Really good corner prospect. They will have to add two more, and those two more would be Kobe Black, and Xavier feel same if they can get feel same flip. So it could end up being a tremendous defensive back class for Texas if the Longhorns close here on Black and feel same in the next couple, three weeks. Yeah, great stuff from Jerry right there. Yeah, Kobe Black, the five-star corner from Waco. Phil Same, you've told us before, uh, plays at McKinney. Of course, one of his one parent lives in the Metroplex. The other is in Orlando. And so he's Florida, yeah. Texas. But uh, tech, Florida's kind of falling apart. Texas uh, rising. He's a big-time safety prospect. We'll keep an eye on that. And, of course, uh, the safety from Arizona's father, Adrian Wilson, the great safety in the NFL. Hey, Jerry, the basketball team, we got to see the Longhorns up close twice uh, against some decent competition and then a great competition with Louisville, the win, and then the loss to UConn. Uh, there were some positives and negatives in both. And then the injury to Caden Shedrick that kept him out of the Monday game when they lost. But uh, what, what did you take as a, a keen-eyed basketball observer, good and bad for Rodney Terry's uh, really first challenges of this new season? I think Rodney's going to have an easy job getting his point across defensively, him and Steve McClain and the guys who really worked the defensive side of the basketball after Louisville. I thought, you know, Louisville got too many clean looks. 
Um, they got they were in flow too much offensively, and they're a better team. They're not a four and twenty eight terrible team. I think the Texas fans may look at Louisville and say they're a four and twenty eight less. They're better than that. They're probably a twelve fourteen win team this year on some level. Um, but so, but defensively, that's not what they didn't play up to the standard that Rodney Terry, Steve McLean, and the staff expect. So they they will they'll say the same thing. I thought UConn is is going to end up being a blessing in disguise type of game. And I think UConn's a better basketball team than Texas right now. But Texas, is, I mean, until DSU gets back and these guys get acclimated in, it's it's hard to like sit here and say where Texas can go. Um, but I'll say this: I I think it's a blessing in disguise that Caden Shedder didn't play in that game because it forced. Texas to play fast. Dylan Mitchell had to be in attack mode. He had to be a more active player. Tyrese Hunter had to be, even though he was in pain from the fall the night before, he had to be a more attacking downhill player. Uh, Texas played, they played faster. They gave up some transition, transition stuff. UConn was hot from three early. They're a really good team. But do you know what that they did? Texas came out after the halftime and put together their best defensive half of the season guarding on the perimeter. And I, I think we're going to look back and say Texas defensively turned the corner a little bit against Louisville and then in the second half against UConn. I, so playing without Shedrick, uh, I think that allowed Dylan Mitchell to play faster, uh, Texas to realize, okay, this is what we can be, guys. Now we get Shedrick and Dsu back in the fold, we're going to continue to play fast with these guys. I think Texas is averaging about 72 and a half, 73.2 possessions per game right now. I ideally want to see that number around 76 and a half, 77 with this team. I think if Texas plays to that level tempo with the parts they have, they have a chance to be really good late in the year. Jerry Hamilton inside Texas, the senior recruiting analyst, both football and basketball expertise, without a doubt. And, yeah, Texas plays Wyoming Sunday afternoon, and then Texas State next Thursday ahead of a game with Marquette on December the 6th. Marquette ah, just beat number one. How Shaka about that? getting after Shaka. Bill Self last night. Got in his face a little bit, Aaron. <laughs> that was scrappy. Scrappy Shaka. That was good. Yes, team might rise to number one after that performance. Ooh, they, play, they play Purdue today at the Maui Invitational Final. Texas could be walking in a, you know, a week or so from now, two weeks from now, uh, playing a, a number one team in the country, and their former coach, Shaka Smart. Yeah, Wyoming Sunday at 2, Texas State next Thursday night, then next the following Wednesday is the Marquette game on the road in the Big 12 Big East battle. Hey, Jerry, thanks so much, man. Uh, I know we uh, always appreciate it and uh, love doing the work with you guys at Inside Texas and, uh, and uh, the YouTube channel there. But uh, have a happy Thanksgiving, my friend. Uh, same to you guys, and we'll see you soon. Thanks, right, Jerry. There it is. There's a wealth of information. Jerry's the man. He's the man. I love Jerry. Jerry puts in the real work. Jerry gets eyes on these guys. Doesn't sit behind some computer the whole time. He's, He's not analyzing data from tweets and stuff like that. There's nothing wrong with guys who do, uh, but Jerry does that as well as gets <clears> boots <throat> on the ground, eyes on these guys. Um, and that's why Lots he's of miles best he in the business. Yeah, he, he's the one that discovered Rod B out at North Shore High School one day. <laughs> out there you. Some, you know, he did. I, I swear to God, he was the first one to like, rank Rod B on any recruiting ranking ever because he was like, nah, the kids actually got something, and boom. There well, you go. And we told you with Jerry, he grew up. His father's a high school football coach, man, so he grew up. Stuff, he grew yeah. up on a football field, mm-hmm. watching players, and he's just taken that into a, a passion of his, and he's very, very good at it. As good as anybody it. in the industry. Yeah. All right, we come back. That's why we like to bring him on uh, Amen, throughout the uh, football season and beyond. We come back. It is uh, bullish or B S on this Wednesday, our final show of the week, Turkey Day Eve. We'll hook him up and Ian Rod with Ian Rod B. Aaron Hogan. 
Rod Papers. Hook them up. 1019 AM 1260. The Horn. Wednesday on The Horn. Feels like a Friday because it is our final show of the week. Final hook them up. We will be off tomorrow morning and Friday morning. We will be with you Friday afternoon with the game day pregame. Uh, the Horn live at uh, Mockingbird Saloon. Getting ready for Texas and Texas Tech. That'll be a great ride to get out after the holidays. All the family you've got coming in town. Get to get down to the drag and uh, get our tailgate on. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. It's going to be fun. Looking forward to it. Last game of the season. Man, it went by fast. Flew by. It is. It, uh, but it's still fun because there's still a lot to come. Like hey, the recent winning. years, we've talked about bowl eligibility and Alamo Bowls and things like that. Uh, mm. Texas Bowls. Maybe even not a bowl. Now you're talking about the college football playoff. So people that are frustrated with where Longhorns sit at number seven, and I'll be bullish about this season. It's time for Bullish or BS. And, Rod, I'll give you this one real quick and keep an eye. But uh, Bullish on this, you see that the Indianapolis Colts yesterday waved Darius Leonard. Waved him. It's a cap oh, casual. Shaq Leonard? Uh, yeah, Shaquille yeah. Sha- Shaq Leonard. Uh, the, the, he's a six-year pro, three-time first-team all-pro selection. This wow. guy was the defensive rookie of the year. Yeah. Yeah, you, the, the, it's a cap. It's a cap savings for about sixteen million for the Colts, but uh, 2018's defensive rookie of the year. You wonder if a team could, could gobble him up and help because you, you know, can't make trades now. Yep. That guy could help a team right now, I think. Yeah, and uh, man, I saw the video. Actually, he had like a, a holiday turkey drive. Uh, like for, oh, he's a staple a in char- that Colts community for, for a charity or maybe for his own charity, and he still went out there after being cut. And Did was it. giving out turkeys and stuff like that. Well, so I mean, he's obviously got a big heart. Houston, McTexans, Cowboys. I mean, that's a guy that can. I mean, he, the thing about it, if you're the Texans, and you could use some oh. linebacker help. I mean, he yeah. knows your division. I mean, he, he can help somebody. I do. I agree. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out what's the, and what's the reason that they we speculate why they cut him. I uh, just Is got that, at odds with the new coaching staff essentially, okay. and right. uh, they're going to save 16 million under the cap by releasing him now. And so it's a you know it's a good player that comes he is available. A good player, and he's a uh, man. He's actually. He's one of the versatile, like a very good coverage linebacker, too. Right, and if you're yeah. like a team like Houston, he knows that division very well. I mean, you still have divisional games with Tennessee and the Colts. It's not a bad idea. <laughs> Who's, who he knows the Colts? It's not a bad idea to upgrade there, man. Jacksonville, who they play this weekend. So, uh, Cowboys also could use a linebacker. Cowboys could. Oh, the man. Leighton Van Der Esch injured. Yeah, and the DeMarvion Overshone injury. Right. Actually, this may this, – honestly, the I'd Cowboys might make a team. move. Honestly, I think, the, I think it'll hurt, help the Cowboys more than it would the Texans. I don't know if the Texans have had – like devastating injuries at the, the linebacker, they're thin, and Van Der Esch out for the year. Demarvin Overshone out for the year. Honestly, Demon Clark is playing well. Man, they got Marquise Bell in now, now playing linebacker. He's playing really well for him too. Yeah, um, uh, well, keep an eye on that. That's just a you know we talk about the trade deadline should be moved back so you can acquire players, but this is a good player. Got at odds with his new coaching staff, and he's available right now. Cowboys. Do some. Yeah. All right. Texans. In your own division? I just think there's, there's, there's a lot to it. like about that. He'd probably like to get a game against the Colts. Yeah. The Cowboys <laughs> need to upgrade, though. And I think linebackers is actually a place that makes a lot of sense for them. So that's well, good I'm stuff. not the biggest Denzel Perryman fan down in Houston, by the way. He's a good player. He's a penalty waiting to happen, though. Mm. Uh, if anybody should be able to coach up the linebackers, it's D'Amico. Right, well, he might. Look at that. Say, come, come play for me, young man. All right. What do you have yes, there, Rod? Right? And bullish your BS. Uh, we just had Jerry Hamilton on. And one of the little nuggets that Jerry Hamilton threw out there is, and he didn't get into it here. Uh, on uh, on the show with us, uh, but he did throw it out there on Inside Texas yesterday that Evan Stewart is a strong candidate to enter the transfer portal, A&M's wide receiver, Evan Stewart. And our Longhorn fans have been speculating for years, actually, since he signed with A&M, that he's going to end up back at Texas. Five-star kid from the Metroplex. Yes. Who's, who's friends with a lot of the Longhorn locker rooms. A lot room, of them, yeah, no doubt about it. And uh, it says right now the Alabama is considered the team to beat. 
um, Ohio with Ohio State, Texas, and Oregon, among others, in contention. That's a big one because he is also uh, not expected to travel with the Aggies to LSU this weekend. Some yeah, that was Jerry Hampton. So he's already out at A and M. Who cares? Whoever the coach is, that's a big time player. And obviously, Ohio State develops receivers like nobody else. But Sark can offer him. Hey, Chris Jackson's the, the new receivers coach. He's mm-hmm. coaching the National Football League. Worthy Mitchell. Whittington all moving on. Hey, We're going to have man. a lot of catches here. Ooh, a lot of targets. Quinn Ewers coming back. Come on now. He'll be your favorite target. You know Quinn well from their Metroplex days. Just saying. <clears throat> hey, bullish or BS, Ty and Rod, uh, outside of the meats, what are the three bullish go-to turkey day sides? The sides? Oh, you got to mash potatoes and gravy because that everything. Power ranking. Gravy on there. That's easy. Stuffing? Stuffing's got to be a big part of it because that also, I put my gravy on that. Anything I can sop up with some gravy. So Yeah, we're going starch heavy. Oh, man. And what would be my third? That's crucial. I mean, do a cranberry sauce considered a side? Yep. Damn. I love me some cranberry sauce, man. All right, I, like the, are... I like the gelatin. Like, I don't even want the real stuff. I want the fake stuff out of the can. That looks like a can when it comes yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. Come on. That's what I want, man. That's, the, that's, what, I, that's what I grew up on. Ty, Ty, your three bullish sides Ooh. outside the turkey or the, the, the protein. Uh, gravy, mashed potatoes, stuffing. Yep. You got the gravy. Gravy is gravy is a side? No, that's, that's just a condiment. <laughs> we, we can't See, waste I would throw cranberry and condiment, too. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Then, then, then yeast, mac rolls. And yeast rolls. Oh, rolls. Yeah, the bread. You got to get all the carbs. You got to get all the starch. Nah, all the carbs. I'm going mac and cheese, dog. I, I got to say I'm this because my, my mother is listening on the uh, Horn app right now. It's noodles. I got to have some noodles. My mom makes some awesome noodles that uh, go right on, on the mashed potatoes. Oh, on the mashed potatoes. Ooh. Noodles? Yeah, man. Noodles on the mashed potatoes. They're good. I ain't never heard of that before. Just replace the gravy, then save the gravy for the stuffing. Ooh, okay, okay. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> We're getting hungry here. Nice. We'll be back. Hook them up with Ian Rodby.